Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We have our our next uh, group of things that we're going to talk about. It's something that we've talked about in a lot of different ways over the, the history of the show. And it's that access and support for for education for students. And one of the things that in this particular episode that we want to talk about, Zahi, is sort of that early college access. And I think there are a lot of people that when they hear that, they're probably strictly thinking about, you know, something like a dual credit class, for instance. But that early college access can start much, much earlier than that for students. Yes. And, and as we talked about over last uh, several months now is, is we're heading toward a enrollment cliff, which means that those high school numbers are going to be dwindling. But at the same time, almost every state is leaning very heavily into enhancing dual credit and dual enrollment for high school students. So how can we open the doors for access and provide opportunities for students to come to two-year colleges? is a challenge because what we've seen happen, and we've seen for decades things for, like uh, advanced placement, the AP, or international baccalaureate, IB, uh, and some dual credit classes, in some cases early college, we've seen them happen haphazardly. We've seen them happen uh, without real um, planning, whereby the students don't end up going to college in, in many cases. Um, somebody called them random acts of, um, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, so how can we move from that and how can we really be able to afford it? Because the question becomes for two-year colleges, where are you going to get the money from, right? And and we're not going to be getting any additional monies anytime soon. So So how can we wrap ourselves around those things, how can we enhance opportunities for the students who are uh, least likely to go to college, which are typically the students who live in districts, whether rural or impoverished urban and suburban districts that don't have the APs or not enough or don't have the uh, breadth and diversity of classes that would um, allow for a rich dual credit, dual enrollment model. And, and so how can we how can we provide those access points to the people who need us most, who typically are going to be our number one customers, if we can call a student a customer? Yeah. And, you know, to me, some of it is as simple as let's have our faculty members work with faculty members at at different levels throughout K-12. So, you know, you and I were starting to work on a, a program um, where, you know, it was sort of this, this inverted pyramid of things. So we would start uh, some stuff at the, the lower elementary level that was age appropriate for those students based off of, you know, different computer ideas and, and introducing this and as they continue throughout their their education, 
they're building off of what they've learned already until they can finally get to that point where what they've learned feeds directly and and easily into a program at the college. And I, I like that that concept of the the random acts of education because you know that's that's very much sometimes what it feels like. We're going to put together a summer camp here or you know, a onesie or twosie class there and, and not necessarily have them build off of each other. But I, I think that's one of the keys is, you know, let's say you are doing something STEM related, for example, uh, since that's, you know, the really popular thing, you know, how could you take your uh, chemistry, your physics, your your biology, how can you take those uh, educators from the college and get them to work with K-12 teachers all throughout and build some things that that students can use and grow from? That's that's a wonderful uh, challenge to put in front of all of us in, in higher education. You know, I've heard um, uh, two scenarios of success. Um, I've heard from a colleague that I had at another college that told me that their uh, their boss would require that each instructor go and guest lecture in the local high school and and participate in 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 those activities at least at least once every term in the school. And I remember in yet another place, uh, when I was in California, we had uh, a construction faculty who would go to the uh, woodworking classes and shop classes in the high schools, plural, and, and would walk around talking to the various students, helping them with measurements, helping them with choosing pieces of wood and what have you. So they would grow a personal relationship over their four years of high school with that individual. Similarly, when you go guest lecture multiple times a year, you're breaking that barrier of, you know, separation between the, oh my goodness, uh, uh, you know, higher education versus the uh, regular uh, good old school. And, and those are important, but also you're building an understanding that it could be a continuation, the stack, like we talked about stackability of credentials and prior shows and what have you. With that said, uh, something that, that you described quite well is how can we integrate all of education from pre-K through to higher education and, and, and into graduate school into one type of a funnel? That is the challenge that many of us have decided to chunk and think about as separate as opposed to an integrated approach because the reality of, of learning is not chunked. We, we should, we do and should continue to learn every single day. Uh, with that said, again, there's like we talked about just, just a week or uh, last week is there's a huge increase in dual credit, which is uh, bridging gaps in terms of the decrease in enrollment of the uh, uh, traditional and non-traditional age uh, two-year college students. So we're, we're you know, filling uh, from an increase in dual credit, but how are we doing it? How effective are we? And are we seeing the return um, from the students coming into our institutions? 
the evidence is not there that this is happening. Why? Because likely we are not developing paths as opposed to doing the onesies and twosies. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's career technical education or general education. It, it matters little. We need to be thoughtful about how we package it, in my opinion. Is, is that what you're seeing? Is that your understanding from... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I want to touch on, you know, you talked about enrollment and the enrollment cliff. And one of the things that's very important to remember at the college level is everybody is a recruiter. Um, yes, you probably have people, they are paid specifically to do that. They're talking to high school students, going to college fairs, doing visits, et cetera, et cetera. But it's those personal relationships that, that students are going to remember. And if you are starting to forge those at, you know, a very young age, people are going to remember that. Now, you know, that that can have negatives, too, if they go in and they're terrible. You know, you, you want to coach them to a level where they're going to be able to go in and talk to a first grader, for example, and get them to understand something, but also talk at that college level and get them excited. So there's a little bit of coaching that goes into that. But ultimately, you know, as we talk about in budgets overall and, and enhancing education, all colleges are going to have to start looking at unique and different ways of reaching out to students. So this seems to me like a good way to do that beyond just having that. We're going to have a STEM camp in, you know, for this week in June uh, and leave it at that. So we have been talking about early college access here on Let's Talk Ed. If you enjoy programs like this, uh, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. Uh, so for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed. 